Welcome to Game On, the weekly football podcast bringing together seasoned professionals, the male star football writers and a celebrity fan or two. I'm your host, Mark Pugach. Don't forget to subscribe to us on Spotify, Apple and Google. And if you haven't already, why not sign up for the daily Mail Plus briefing at mailplus.co.uk, where you can also watch Game On on video. Hello, I'm Mark Pugat. Welcome to Game On, the weekly football chat show from Mail Plus. So Liverpool win 4-2 at Old Trafford against Manchester United. Liverpool still have a Champions League spot in their sights. And now both Chelsea and Leicester will be nervously looking over their shoulders as those two prepare to meet in the FA Cup final on Saturday. Joining us to discuss all this, Tony Cotty, who played for Leicester and West Ham and England, amongst others. Chris Sutton, the former England Celtic and Chelsea striker. And Martin Samuel, the Daily Mail's chief sports writer. Hello, everybody. I hope you're all well. Lots to look forward to in FA Cup final week. But let's start with the race for the top four, Chris, which is suddenly back on. Courtesy, really, to start with, of Arsenal winning at Chelsea. Now Liverpool winning at Manchester United. Harry Maguire's had his best two games of the season sitting in the stand, hasn't he? How much has he missed by Manchester United? Massively. Uh, no, massively, wasn't he? Um, you know, I think it's a, it's a fair point. You understand how good a player he is when, uh, when he's not there. Uh, really flat from United. Had a, a decent start to the game, 15, 20 minutes. Uh, but I think we have to credit Liverpool with this one. They looked back to being really sharp, focused, had that clinical edge uh, in attack. And now you're looking at their, their games coming up and thinking, what an opportunity, of course, with Chelsea playing Leicester in the Premier League next week. Chelsea uh, slipping up against Arsenal. But uh, but Liverpool have a real opportunity. I thought the chance was gone a couple of weeks ago. I didn't think it was possible. But uh, that was a huge, huge win for them. So, Tony, they've got Liverpool, West Brom, Burnley, Palace. Now, Burnley away will obviously be the hardest. But as Chris says, the form they're in, you wouldn't back against Liverpool winning all those three, would you? No, it's hard to make out Liverpool this year, Mark. And it? I mean, obviously, it's not been a particularly good defence of the title, but they've got reasons. I mean, defensively, they've had massive problems. We all know that. Um, and up front as well, they've had issues as well because they've not been the the free-scoring team. You know, for I, I, I think they lost six at home, haven't they? I mean, which is... Incredible. And I agree with what Chris said. I thought, you know, first 10, 15 minutes, they was pretty average Liverpool. But then they got a full full head of steam up and they they really, really played well going forward. They looked like back to their, their best where they was going to score goals. So they've got some really good fixtures. And, uh, you know, obviously they've jumped above my team, West Ham. And you, you've got to say, if anyone's going to break into that top four, you've got to say Liverpool are favourites now. The decision, Martin, to play Jota instead of Mane, completely justified. And then Mane has... Well, he has a bit of a tantrum at the end, doesn't he? And refuses the old the old glove punch from his manager. What did you make of that? Yeah, I mean, it's something... Uh, it hasn't been a good season for Marnie uh, at all. Um, the defence clearly is, uh, has, been the, has been the problem uh, at Liverpool because they had to rearrange the whole team and bring, bring Fabinho uh, um, back there and Henderson back there and, and, and that, that completely unbalanced the team. But uh, the fact remains... Salah has kept up uh, with Harry Kane as a, as a goal scorer, even in a team that's not functioning. Marnie's had, a, had an ordinary campaign. Um, so whether there's a degree of frustration um, about that as well, um, you know, there's, there's rumours linking in with 
Real Madrid and, 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 and things like that, whether, whether there's anything in that, I'm not sure they've got the money. Um, but it'll be interesting because Klopp might want to shake something up uh, next season. He might want to change what we all thought was this forward line that was set in stone. He might want to try a new way if he thinks that people are beginning to work it out. So, you know, we'll see. Boys, what do you think? You were the players. Chris, did you, was that very disrespectful of Mane or are we making too much of it? So Klopp yeah. goes onto the pitch and he's, you know, Klopp punching some Man United players, thanks for the game, yeah. and his own players, and then goes to do it to Mane and Bart Mane gives him the brush off and throws, mm. you know, I think a bit of tape that he probably had around his wrist on the ground and walks off. It didn't yeah, look, look I, can, I can understand that, that, you know, the frustration being on the bench coming on the whole season, maybe... Uh, building up on him, his form hasn't been there. I think he admitted it in the week that his form hasn't been what it should have been. So that would have been in the heat of the moment frustration. It's not a good look for Liverpool, but these things happen. And you know, I'm sure this morning they'll they'll chat and uh, and you know that will all uh, they'll both get over it. Ten days time, we'll know the England squad for the Euros. Martin is Trent Alexander-Arnold back in Gareth Southgate's favour. He was in the stand at Old Trafford last night. The England manager. Um, I'm not sure he's, he'd be in my squad. I've said that before. He'd be in my squad. I, I, I don't think he's in Gareth's squad, even with the even with the 26. I, I don't think he is. This is about the first thing I've, I've disagreed with him on, really, um, is Trent Alexander-Arnold, because he would be in my squad. But I don't think he's in Gareth's, no. Do you think his performance was that strong last night, though, Martin, that he is getting to the stage where it's going to be impossible to ignore him? Well... It's, 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 there's obviously something that he's done. There's obviously something that he's not doing in matches. That, that, well, it's that, that it's the defensive side of the game, isn't it? I, think I, I would say so. Great. I would say so. Because his last game for England really wasn't a bad game. I think he makes the winning goal. Um, and so you look at that and, and you look at his form otherwise. It's got to be the defensive aspects of the game. It's got to be that Gareth wants a, a little bit of belt and braces at the back. I think Carl Walker's the the starting right back. Yeah. Well, there are there are four uh, Tony. There are four potential right backs for England: Walker, mm. Trippier, James, and Alexander Arnold. It can only be defensive, which is the reason. If he weren't in the squad, Trent Alexander Arnold can only be for defensive worries, can't it? Yeah, absolutely. And it was a spell. Let's not forget it was a spell at Liverpool where he had he had a torrid four or five six weeks, Trent and. And I, listen, I've always felt that the England squad should be picked on form. You know, you don't, I don't care what you've won or who you play for. That shouldn't be the case. It should be if you are in form and you're playing well, you get in the England squad. I watched that game last night and I saw an outstanding performance from Trent. He should be in the England squad. Can you afford I, I Personally, I wouldn't go with Trippier. I would, put, I would have Reese James in there. I think Carl Walker gives you an option if you want an extra centre-half. So perhaps there's a, a, a reason to put him in. But Trent's got to be in there. It gives you, you know, in terms of dead ball creating, we all know that every sub can come on the field to play at any time. Now that obviously works in the favour, doesn't it? So I think, you know, would you pick three right backs normally? No, you wouldn't. But you've got to look at the circumstances. We're, we're very blessed that right back and left back, we are blessed in that England squad. It's going to be a tough choice for Gareth. Mm. Would you take Mason Greenwood now? There's 26, Tony. Oh, Y- yes, I think is the answer. It's slightly Michael Owen-ish in 98 because of his age and coming late with a run, mm-hmm. as it were. But why not take Greenwood? Yeah, uh, Greenwood didn't turn up for the first two thirds of the season. He has done now. I think his versatility is 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 a strength. But then, you know, you 
You look at the way that Gareth wants to play and those wide positions, there's so much competition for places there, isn't there? You know, you've got Sterling, you've got Rashford, you've got Foden, you've got Sancho, you've yeah. got Grealish who can play uh, in the wide areas. I've, I've probably missed some names out as well. So, I mean, it's a nice position for Gareth to be in. The strength is Greenwood's uh, versatility. But would you would you put him uh, in ahead of a Calvert-Lewin? I'm not so sure, sure he would. Um, you know, you, so therefore, I think Rashford can play centrally. I think that it's going to be close with Greenwood. It's going to be one of those no, very, very if close. It was, if it were 23, I don't think there'd be a debate. I don't think he'd make it because Calvert-Lewin's mm. clearly Kane's deputy. But with 26... You know, they may. That's the other thing, Martin. Twenty six definitely brings Jack Grealish into things. I think if Jack Grealish had played for the last three months, this wouldn't be a conversation. But with his injury, no. and Gareth Southgate has been, and we've all been there and watched it. And Martin, you and I have covered it. Think back to Beckham in two thousand and two in Japan when he wasn't fit, and the hullabaloo, no. and then obviously, and then Wayne Rooney four years later, the hullabaloo and the worry and the this and the that. And you think. You take somebody coming back from injury at your peril, don't you? But with the extra three players, he may decide with Jack Grealish it's worth it. Yeah, I mean, it, it'll be interesting to see if he gets on um, the last two games of the season. By getting on, I mean starting uh, the last two games of the season. I don't think he starts Villa's next game. I think Dean Smith sort of suggested that last night, that he, he wasn't ready to start a game. So then you've got... So you're looking at... They've got one match after that, I think. Um and then we've got two friendlies, but it's very hard to use those friendly games to try to get someone back to match fitness who is not absolutely your guy. If it was Harry Kane saying he's England's striker and he's you know he's the only game in town, that's different. If he's looking at Jack Grealish and thinking, well, I've got other players in this position, um, you know whether you want to um, make the two friendlies about trying to get. Uh, Jack back into into some sort of match fitness. It depends whether he sees him as a starter or not. Tony, Jaden Sancho got a brace in the German Cup final last night. He hasn't had a brilliant season, but he's coming into a bit of form and inevitably being in the Bundesliga a little bit under our radar, not Gareth Southgate's. But it looks like Sancho's coming into form and, and would definitely... I don't think there's any question now he would be in the squad. Yeah, he's, he's a good player, Mark. I mean, obviously, we don't get to see a lot of him, do we? I mean, I certainly don't have the time to watch German football, I've got to be honest with you. But, you know, he's, he's no doubt he's a good player. We we all know that. He's been in the England squad. Jude Bellingham's another one who's out there, isn't he? He's, he's done very well for a young kid. So, um, you know, we are very, very blessed. You know, this is probably the most, in my opinion, the most talented squad since the probably 2006 squad that really, really should have done a lot better in the World Cup. So I'm very, I'm genuinely very, very excited about just what pick up on just briefly on what Martin said about the forwards. I agree with what he said, but if you're only going to have three, say four forwards, you've got to have Jack Grealish in the in the squad. Jack, oh, definitely, them. yeah, yeah, definitely. Yeah, when I mean when you play the top teams, it's all right playing against the lesser teams, but when you progress in the competition and you're playing against the best teams, you need someone like Grealish or Foden or Mason Mount to make Absolutely. something happen. And we've been lacking that type of player for a while. We've now got three of them. And I think all those three can make things happen and make a big difference for England. Do you not think, Tony, sorry, I was just about to say, do you not think, Tony, that that's where our strength is, that forward midfield area where, you know, you can almost play 4-1-4-1 or, you know, 4-2-3-1 yeah. or whatever. Yeah. And, and it's all about the guys that are joining the, set, the, the central striker, basically. Yeah, I agree, Martin. But I mean, what I don't more. want to see, and I've seen it a couple of times in Gareth, is three centre-halves and two holding midfield players against yeah. Poland or something like that. I don't want to see that. Yeah. We don't need to. 
you know, a lot of the games are going to be at home. You can play a back four. You can have Declan Rice sitting in front of that back four and then pick all your forward players and just let them get on with it. Mm. We've got enough talent in that team to go and win the Euros without a doubt. Sancho is the one. Sancho is the one. There's... Um... Obviously, there's a difference between what you're hearing and what you can write. I don't, it's not strong enough for anyone to write it at the moment. Um, but what people are hearing is that Sancho could be the one that misses out wow. of, in, in, in that yeah. forward mix. Now, it might, it might not be, you know, no one's gone into print with that yet. Um, but that's, No one's brave that, enough, Martin. No, <laughs> we, we, you can't be wrong if you know what I mean. You, yeah, it, yeah, do you know what I mean? There's, there's always a difference between what you hear... Yeah, and what you, you know, you hear strong enough to to go, right, okay, we can write this. So you hear stuff before you can, you, you know, it's strong enough to write. It isn't strong enough to write. But what people are hearing is that Sancho could be uh, the one that misses out. Let's look ahead to the weekend. Then we've got Chelsea and Leicester represented here. This is fascinating, Tony, because... Leicester have been in the cup final more than anybody else and never won it. And it would mean everything to win the cup. But suddenly the race for the top four is so tight with Liverpool's form and Chelsea losing the other day that we've got Chelsea-Leicester followed by Chelsea-Leicester in the league. Let's start from a Leicester point of view, Tony. Which is the bigger of the two games? Wow. Um, I, I think, I hope the players are aware of what it means for Leicester in terms of the FA Cup finals. I think I'm right in saying four cup finals lost right. the four cup finals. It, you know, it's a big deal for the fans, Mark, but that what is often a big deal for the fans is not necessarily always a big deal for the players. You know, do the players get the FA Cup as much as the Champions League? And, you know, I think if you talk to the modern day player, when me and Chris first started playing, it was FA Cup final. That was, that was it. We want to play in the FA Cup final. But I think now things have changed and players are more they want to be in the Champions League. So they've got to, they've got to submit that. They've put themselves in a great position. They had a, had a wonderful result the other night after a, a really poor performance against Newcastle. They've got the ability, in a way, of trying to win the FA Cup, go down in history, which they will do, and then even get a draw against Chelsea would probably still be enough. They've got Spurs in the last game. At that point, Spurs might not have anything to play for. They might not want to play. They might not want to play in the Conference League. What a stupid name that is, isn't it? But you know that's where Leicester be with that. You know that last game of the season. So um, it's a difficult one. I think the fans want to win the FA Cup, but of course everyone wants to play in the Champions League next year. So it'll be really. Interesting. Getting, I, getting I think Leicester will get a result yeah. against Chelsea in the Cup final. I think the feeling I'm getting from Leicester Tony is that because of the late owner Vichai, they are desperate to win the FA Cup. I think the club, I don't think there's the board of thinking, oh, no, 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 we want the money of the Champions League. Chelsea in a different position, obviously, financially. And that's the feeling I'm getting from Leicester. Actually, they really want to honour the owner who would love to have won the FA Cup. Yeah, I think that's a fair yeah. comment. And, you know, he'd, he'd done a wonderful job for the club. It was so sad what happened to him and everything. So if they can honour him by winning the FA Cup, like I say, you go down in history of all the, the history of Leicester City Football Club, never won the FA Cup. Those players... You know, I know they won the Premier League five years ago. And that what an outstanding achievement that was. But to win the FA Cup as well, you know, I think they've got a really good chance. They need Johnny Evans fit, by the way, because that is yeah. the key for them winning the FA Cup. If Johnny Evans doesn't play, they're a different side. Well, suggesting that he will be fit, which would be great. Chris, you were at Chelsea when Chelsea won the FA Cup. They now win the FA Cup for fun. But of course, I was dropped for the final mark. Thanks for. I didn't say that, Christopher, <laughs> deliberately. That's why I said you were at Chelsea when they won the FA Cup. Yeah. Yeah. Should have been at German. Wembley. It was at Chelsea. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> we, we get people on who've been dropped for the cup final because we had Craig Burley on once as well. Um, 
but for Chelsea, they've obviously got two chances in the Champions League. One to win it uh, and obviously the Leicester game. So what's more important for Chelsea? Which oh, games? blimey. But it's, it's interesting, wasn't it? Because um, against Arsenal, he made seven changes. And I think after the game, you know, talked about there being too many changes. He was clearly prioritising Tuchel for the FA Cup final. Maybe thought he had enough to beat Arsenal, who, by the way, parked two buses. I mean, that's one of the most negative displays from an Arsenal team I think I've ever seen. Um, so, yeah, I mean, it's an, it's an interesting one from Chelsea's point of view. Um, but I I look at sort of both teams and they're going to they're gonna try and win the cup. Like, from Leicester's point of view, there's no there's no prioritising from Leicester's point of view. They're going to try and win the FA Cup and, and uh, you know, get a top four place in the... In the Premier League, I think Chelsea is a, uh, a little bit different uh, in terms that they have a stronger squad. But I think at this moment in time, he'll go strong uh, against Leicester at the weekend. He left Rudiger out. He left Kante out. He left Werner out. He changed the goalkeeper. Uh, four key players, the spine of the team uh, against Arsenal. I think that they'll all come back in and he'll go strong, try and win a trophy. I mean, he has made such an impact uh, Thomas Tuchel has at Chelsea. He'll want to finish the season strongly. And I think he will believe that he can get a top four place anyway. It was a bit of a blip against Arsenal. I mean, it's horrific, the goal that they conceded. Didn't do enough in the final third. But I thought, you know, I still think that they they look a confident side the way they played out from the back. I think Chelsea are in a really good place. And if I was a betting man, I'd, I'd, I'd bet that Chelsea will win the FA Cup and beat Leicester. On uh, I think it's Tuesday as well. Let me ask to Tony and uh, Tony and Chris. Th- what really interests me about Leicester at the moment is Iheanacho has been brilliant. So as Iheanacho has gone like that, Vardy, Jamie Vardy's scoring has gone like that. I'm going, uh, you know, for those who aren't watching, Iheanacho scores lots of goals. Suddenly Jamie Vardy's not scoring. Is that complete coincidence, Tony? Well, yeah, I, I mean, I, I, I've covered Leicester a lot, Mark, and I've got to say that Jamie Vardy's actually been playing quite well. He's just not been getting the goals. Uh, and that's been the difference, really. I mean, once you play two up front, you are playing a different game. Obviously, Jamie was used to playing that role on his own up front and played it fantastically well over the last, was it, seven, eight, nine years, whatever long he's been at Leicester. But Ian Acho's come in the team and he's thoroughly deserved to stay there. He's been sensational. When you talk about form players, he's been up there with the best in terms of form since he came in the team back in February. So, they listen, Leicester will give Chelsea a game, you know, and if Chelsea aren't on the game, if you're saying who's got the better players, the better squad, we all know that's Chelsea. But the cup final's not about that. It's about who performs on the day. If Chelsea are slightly off their game, I think Leicester will give them a really, really, really good match. I don't think there'll be a lot of goals in this one. I really I can't see lots and lots of goals. I think it might be one goal either way. And it wouldn't surprise me. I've been saying it all week. If Leicester win 1-0 and Jamie Vardy scores the only yeah. goal, that would just be like fantastic swan song for his Leicester career. Chris, we point out that Jamie Vardy tomorrow in the cup final becomes the first man ever to play in every single round of the FA Cup. Have you seen this? Going back to all the qualifying rounds and all the you know, the early pre-qualifying rounds. That is amazing, isn't it? Yeah. And I, I totally agree with Tony about his, uh, his form. OK, the goals haven't been there, but I've seen him a lot uh, and they link up really, really well. He's such... We're seeing what a good footballer he is. I think when he first went into the Leicester team, started banging goals and we, we just categorised him as a goal scorer. He's much, much more than that. I think his link-up play is really fantastic. I'll tell you what's interesting about the Leicester, or will be interesting about the Leicester lineup. James Madison. I think he owes Brendan Rodgers 
big time. We had that. We had the uh, the issue at Leicester where it was Madison, Perez, and Chowdhury were out partying. Madison hasn't found his form since coming back from injury, and I think Brendan, you know, he left him out the other night at Manchester United. Mm. Uh, played Perez instead. Uh, I think he's got a lot to prove. He's such a talented player. It look, I, I, I bet that Gareth wouldn't take him to the Euros now, but he needs to liven himself up. He needs a big performance because he is a good player, but quite frankly, has been a bit of a disappointment this season. We've seen it in patches and that isn't enough. So he needs a big performance out of uh, James Madison, Brendan. Chris, he's had a hip injury and you two will tell us that actually a hip injury is a really awkward injury for a footballer. Is I mean, every injury is awkward, of course, but hip, you know, in terms of your balance and your stability, it can be really difficult one, can't it, to overcome? Uh, yeah, so it's probably not wise to go out partying. Um, you know, probably best, best <laughs> rehab rather than leaning against a bar on your hip, putting more force <laughs> on your hip. on the other hip, I don't know. Uh, yeah. yeah. <laughs> I, don't, I don't know. Look, I'm a, I'm a huge fan of Madison. I've followed his career closely, you know, Coventry to Norwich, saw a lot of him in Scotland at Aberdeen. He's a brilliant, brilliant talent, but he needs to really apply himself. There's a reason why Brendan left him out for the game against Manchester United. And that was a massive, massive game that Leicester, you know, pressure uh, pressure on them because they want to finish in a top four place. They had to win the game. You're leaving mm. arguably your most talented player mm. out of the team. That's a big call. Mm. So it will be really interesting if Brendan brings him back into the fold at the weekend. But, he, you know, he, we know on his day he has that ability to, to unlock a defence with a pass. Brilliant from dead ball situations, but it's not doing enough. Martin, let's talk about what you've been writing this week about this independent regulator. It's Gary Nablin, and David Bernstein, the former uh, FA mm-hmm. chief executive, have been talking about and whether it is practical to have one. Yeah, I mean, Gary, uh, there will be a petition... Um, which Gary Neville has uh, drawn up, um, which he wants people to sign to sign up for an independent regulator. And look, I've got nothing. I've got nothing against uh, Gary on this. I've got nothing against anyone trying to find a way forward for football. I'm not convinced by the idea of an independent regulator because you don't know who you're going to get. Um, and it's 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 a enormous job. I don't think it's. It, what I said this morning was that everyone thought VAR was uh, was going to solve everything, but actually the 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 ideas that, that what VAR has attempted to solve turned out to be a lot more complex than any of us imagined. We just thought, oh, you know, it's so that the theory on handball, you know, can't, you know, they, they, that's what it all sort out, sort out this huge, but there's all this minutia with it that, that goes with with it, you know, armpit off sides and all of this sort of stuff. And so it's a, a much more complicated issue than you imagine. So with an independent regulator, you think, right, well, we've got an independent regulator and that means that we can stop this Super League idea ever happening again. Number one, we stopped the Super League happening. We didn't, it wasn't, didn't need an independent regulator to, 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 um, to stop the Super League happening. It just needed everyone in football to get together with one voice and go, no, this is absolute nonsense. And then the government to come in and say there'll be enormous sanctions. So one, I personally favour regulation, um, charters and, and things like that, more than an independent regulator. Two, I can't see how one person can have responsibility and do ju- whose view will be represented by the independent regulator. 
You've got 20 Premier League clubs, 72 Football League clubs. Even within the 72 Football oh. Club League clubs, there's 24 in the Championship. They've got completely different needs and ambitions to the other 48. Then you've got the grassroots game. Then you've got all of the side issues, you know, the things to do with, with head injuries, to do with dementia, to do with all of those things. But for one person to try to sort that out and to have responsibility for that, you've got to be a genius to sort, to, 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 to reconcile the, the various strands of the football ecosystem. And there are so many, so many big issues in the game uh, which need to be looked at. How can you actually give your attention to, to full attention to just one with there being so many different strands? So I think it's a very, very difficult thing to implement realistically. Let's finish with what's been going on at Inter Milan, which is uh, the manager Antonio Conte and Lautaro Martinez have been boxing with Romelu Lukaku as the ringmaster. And obviously they've just won the title. So I think it's sort of a way of keeping harmony. So while Chris and Tony think about how harmony was kept in their dressing rooms, Martin, what have you seen over the years? Well, if, if you're talking boxing, Bobby Gold, Bobby Gold at Wimbledon used to, uh, used to keep the boxing gloves behind his uh, behind his desk and hanging on the wall with two pairs of boxing gloves because um, if you know if you want to go if you've got a problem you want to go let's go now and uh, you know he, he took over he took over what was known as the crazy gang and and you have to bring a bit of craziness to it yourself and Bob's your man for that certainly those who those who had any dealings with him over the years great guy and um, yeah so I think I, I, I have a but strange recollection that Carlton Fairweather might have taken him up on it. But um, at the end of that, he ended up boxing Carlton Fairweather. When you mention Romelu Lukaku, I'm thinking, bloody hell, Antonio Conte's boy. Yeah. There's only one winner if he's got in a ring with Romelu Lukaku. There really is. If he's yeah, got a punch, Conte's going down. Right, well, it worked for the crazy get with Bobby Gould. They won the cup, of course. Chris, yeah, in 1988. Absolutely. Chris, any, any weird ways of keeping harmony in your dressing rooms? I think there was a lot of managers who I played under who probably wanted to knock me out. Uh, <laughs> uh, well, I think it, in terms of verbal sparring, nobody would ever get the better of Martin O'Neill. Don't even no. go down that route. I mean, he's a smart, smart guy. So yeah. learned very, very quickly when I moved. Tony played under him at Leicester as well, of yeah. course, but when I moved to Celtic, just whatever Martin says to you, just don't come back with anything. Keep it shut. That's all we've got time for this week. My thanks to Chris Sutton, to Tony Cotty and to Martin Samuel. And for more news, views and interviews, go to mailplus.co.uk forward slash game on. We'll see you next week. Bye. And that's it from Game On. We'll be back next week and every week via Spotify, Apple and Google. That's it from me, Mark Pugach. See you next week for more Game On. <laughs>